Welcome back to another season of South Africans Abroad, a show for expat South Africans and anyone interested in the experiences of those who have made the move overseas. Each episode, we'll hear from South Africans who have left the country to pursue new opportunities, be with loved ones, or simply follow their dreams. We'll explore the challenges and triumphs of life as an expat and the unique perspective that comes with being a South African abroad. I'm your host, Warren Burley, an expat South African who, like many, followed the dream of working overseas. Whether you're an expat yourself or just curious about the expat experience, join us as we delve into the motivations, struggles and joys of being a South African living overseas. Today we've got a guest uh, all the way from Australia, down under, Ed Lawrence. Ed, how are you doing? Great, man. Thank you very much for having me. Ed, uh, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Grew up in Sasselburg, in the Free State, the Northern Free State, and then uh, basically finished my schooling in Frieda in the Eastern Free State. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got one brother, and uh, we both we both started traveling when we were really young. Okay. So we finished 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 school pretty much, and uh, I can't say I was ever one for uh, for school. So yeah, just um, <laughs> started 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 traveling, got out uh, when I was eighteen, and um, did the back then it was um, you know it's just a, a little while after conscription and stuff, so nobody really knew what to do. Yeah. Um, because you weren't going to uni. And all of a sudden, uh, the UK two-year work permits opened up. Okay. We all jumped on that bandwagon and then headed off over to the UK and spent a couple of years over there. I think I overstayed my first visa. As much of us do. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and travelled around Europe um, in that in that period and just had a ball. And um, went back to South Africa for, uh, for a very short period after after travels. And then um, headed off to your neck of the woods, to North America, and did the harvest for two seasons. So two years there, felt like I still wanted to travel and stuff. So um, yeah, got a bit of a dodgy way around it and um, applied for another two-year work permit because I think you could only get one. And then because of because of the old uh, passport, new passport system, managed to get a, a second two-year work permit. Yeah, and uh, I went back to the UK and it so happened that uh, things progressed and uh, me and a couple of friends ended up starting up a small contracting business uh, doing doing commercial uh, partitions and just general construction work commercially and um, ended up staying for, I think it's roughly about six years um, around there in, in, in the UK. And then uh, I was on my way back home and uh, my brother in the meantime, he got married to a to an Aussie girl and they moved to Australia. And then uh, I came back backpacking a couple of years earlier, came backpacking around Australia. And then, uh, yeah, I sort of wrote it off because it was too hard to get in. And anyways, and he just after after the UK, uh, roughly about 2005-ish, he phoned up and said there's a big loophole to get in. And um, I didn't have any qualifications at the time or anything. We had a fair bit of um, construction experience. And then um, Australia opened up uh, trades. So you could actually come in as an international student and do a full trade in Australia. So I did carpentry and, uh, yeah, lo and behold, it all worked out just, and um, I had exactly the right amount of um, immigration points after that, and that's how I ended up in Australia. Okay, so it sounds like you, you've traveled quite a lot. What started the travel bug? To be honest with you, I was, um, there, was, there was never any malice in South Africa or anything like that. Um, I, I'm at, at a very early age, uh, I have, I've got a great brother, mm -hmm. so he, he pulled me along, uh, to, to, he's three years older than I am, and he pulled me along to to all his endeavors in Africa. So we, we 
we got out quite a bit and hitchhiked from uh, about 15, I'd say. Uh, hitchhiked into um, into Africa. He took me up to Malawi a couple of times. We just, you know, jumped on a jumped on a uh, a train from uh, Pretoria to Bulawayo, and then hitchhiked our way up to uh, Kariba Dam, and 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 back again to uh, Big Falls and to Malawi and places like that. Okay. I don't know. We just uh, I was just always interested in going. Yeah, you know, just just really felt like I I needed to go. These are yeah, just growing up with my brother and always going on hiking tours and. And then basically him dragging me along, saying, "Hey, man, you can you can hitchhike and get anywhere." What's your favorite place that you've been to? Jeez, it, it's gonna it's gonna sound a, a bit bizarre, uh, but before the war, um, I suppose Syria. Okay. Is 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 one of my favorite places. Um, a friend of myself, uh, Stefan, he's he's still in he's back in Salzburg now. Um, we I think it was back in 1999. We uh, we. Bought an old um, uh, Land Rover Series Three in, in in England, and then and tried to drive it all the way back to South Africa. So we ended up, yeah, stuck in the Middle East for quite a while. And um, Syria, honestly, is this is one of the most hospitable places. And I don't know, we just got a hell of a lot of help from the locals. They they just honestly just just really good people, and um, it was a bloody cheap place to travel back then. And it was, um, I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, it's just a different world altogether so we, I, I really enjoyed that and i enjoyed the people um next to that i'd probably say but turkey it reminds me of the free state <laughs> yeah. so where haven't you been we <laughs> no 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 not this is just plenty of places you know i haven't i haven't, I haven't yeah. extensively traveled asia or anything like that so that's i've always yeah. said I'll, I'll leave it because i'm coming to australia so it's just here but you know you get kids and then you fall into your ways and <laughs> the travel you know every time you traveled or whatever you ended up going back to south africa how did you see the country changing you know every time you went back you know it's a it's it's yeah it definitely well you definitely see change mm. the first couple of years of you know you sort of go away for extensive periods of time so this is a, a, a day say probably about two to three years sometimes yeah and then and, and, and recently a little bit longer than that yeah but that's actually it's a difficult question because it's yeah. sort of you know on the one side it's positive and on the other side it's negative yeah so i mean you definitely you definitely see the integration on on, on everything and which is great and culture and stuff and i think there was a period probably between uh, 96 and 2010 ish so uh, okay. extensive period but um i sort of experienced just that uh, drive from uh, the Northern Free State into Gauteng, in, 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 into into Joburg and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this is you, you drive past Boipelong, Boipelong, all those all those areas. Yeah, and uh, it used to be shanty towns for miles. And then and then as it, the years progressed, you sort of seen uh, the, the the economic housing coming up. So so shacks turned into houses. Yeah, um, which is a great thing. And then you know just just talking to a couple of kids, um, the younger 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 guys than I. Uh, the finish school after me and um talking to them about the integration and stuff and i can you know i know lots of people moaned about the quotas and you know before that 2010 period and stuff so you know sort of see the whole society getting pulled up and then everyone sort of getting sort of level i mean you, you can understand i mean I, I understand why all these all these systems had to be in place to sort of get society back on a level but um yeah and then i think it was a very positive place we actually i, I considered um uh, my wife and myself considered to move back to south africa okay. uh, say roughly about 2010 we thought 
you know, and we still have a great fondness for the place and we still think about it a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, we thought, nah, then just, just go back 2010, got the World Cup, everything was positive, everyone was jumping up and down and it was just a really positive vibe up until then. And then I think, yeah, yeah I think since then it's sort of, it's been a slow and, and lots of people will argue it's a dramatic, a dramatic decline. Yeah, it, it, it's a hard one. It's merely my opinion. Because I'm sitting outside the country, it's easy to sort of speculate. I mean, people that sit there will obviously tell you a completely different story. But um, but yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason, I, the reason I ask is I'm trying to figure out if, if that had any influence on you moving countries as much as you did. You know, every time I, 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 I made a decision and I'm traveling and stuff and I had a ball and, and every time I go back home and I... It's not that it's not that I had any any hard feelings towards South Africa or anything. I just every time I got home, I was here for about six months. You know, did a part-time job here, did something there, and then I just thought, ah, you know what, that, that I just need to go and travel a bit more. There's one more place I want to go see, or mm. I've heard about this opportunity and stuff, and you know, and I, I honestly, I just had a ball uh, okay. traveling and stuff. And, yeah, and, and then, so yeah, no bad feelings whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I went back, and every time I went back, I sort of felt positive about the place, and went like, "Hey, man, we can we can definitely come back and either start a business or, or make a living or do something." And then every time something else happened, and I took the other road. <laughs> yeah. Have you been back since living in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually beginning of this year, I think. Yeah, beginning of this year, we went back for a while. Um, so, and then before that, I must say, it was long periods uh, when I first came. I think it was two thousand six ish. Yeah, two thousand six. And then um, I stayed for a very long period, uh, probably about five years. Okay. And then just because of immigration stuff, I just really wanted to pull it through. And because of the international cause, um, you know, and uh, stayed, stayed for that period and then got sick of it, bugged off to Europe yeah. for, about a, for about a year. And then, um, yeah, and then turned around and came back again because I realized, well, if I stay out for too long, the whole immigration process might start on me again. So it might fall apart, yeah. Yeah, so I came back and just got my citizenship and pulled that through and then went back about probably about three times since then. And going back and forth, do you ever see yourself moving back there? Yes, no, I, I, I always I always look at the place and I go, it's 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 beautiful. For me, I, I'll, I'll move back to the free state. <laughs> yeah. you know, a lot of people will say, unfortunately, but yeah, my, my heart's definitely there in the eastern free state. Um, but yeah. Uh, Yes, you'll have to go back with a big plan. I, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a tradesman, mm. so I'm a carpenter. And, you know, the only it's either start up your own company, I reckon, because I, I can't go and work for someone. Yeah. Uh, so you'll have to start up your own thing. And uh, the other thing I was looking into is actually, uh, I don't know if we sort of talking about retiring, you know, in, in the future yeah. and then leaving our options open because Australia is bloody expensive. So we always, my wife and myself always. Uh, speak about going back to South Africa, maybe just get something there okay. uh, in, 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 in the Cape. And maybe she's a hairdresser and, and I'm a carpenter. So maybe take our skills and go to a college or something and try and um, try and educate people and just, just try and get them some qualification of some sort. Yeah. Because I know I know the trade system has fallen apart in South Africa a little bit. Yeah, because everyone's kind of left. All the tradesmen have left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, so maybe go put it back in. And then, I mean, you know, again... Um, Maybe maybe I'm naive, or, but I feel that you can you can at least take something back and yeah, and do something positive. No, that's great. Um, okay, so let's go back to uh, let, let's chat about your wife a little bit. Yeah, yeah is cool. she Australian? What uh, citizenship did she have? 
So, um, <laughs> sounded so, like a complicated, uh, a co complicated conversation. No, 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 not at all, not at all. But um, I'll give you the rundown. Yeah. So how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> we got a whole season. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, me and uh, Marie and myself, we went to, we met when we were thirteen. So we we both went to standard six together. Okay. Um, uh, from 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 different different primary schools. But in the same area. So she's South African then? Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. We were born in the same hospital, I think seven days or something, something like that apart. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. So anyways, we met, we met in high school when we were about 13 at a school socky and um, we hooked up. So she was my first uh, girlfriend in high school and I was her first boyfriend. Okay. And then we stayed friends and we were always in class together and stuff. We, you know, as, as, as far as boyfriend girlfriend things go, mm. and then in high school. But um, any case, stayed really good friends. And then we both changed schools when we went to Standard Eight. I went to Frieda in the Eastern Free State, and she went to Transvalia, which is just across the river into uh, uh, Bale. Okay. And then, um, but we just always stayed in contact, and we always, you know, sort of saw each other when we saw each other. And um, she ended up. Uh, going to the US after school to Washington DC to become an au pair and I went to to the UK and then um, anyways again time before time before Skype and time before Facebook and all those things but somehow we always you know you always you always sort of learn from someone's whereabouts through someone else yeah and um, basically I think she well she's been about two years there I think and then from there decided that she's going to do hairdressing so she traveled back to uh, I think it was Pretoria, got her apprenticeship there at a salon. And then I think she stayed there for about a year or two. And then from there, moved down to Cape Town and then um, did, finished her apprenticeship there. Mm -hmm. And in the process, spoke to, it's a it's a big chain, Tony and Guy. And then she, I'm not too sure if she uh, worked for Tony and Guy in Cape Town, but she got a, a, a sponsorship in New Zealand. They said they were looking for uh, hairdressers there. So she, through the system, Ended up in New Zealand for a couple of years, okay. and she's got she's got six brothers, so she's got two two brothers over there in New Zealand. Went over to New Zealand and then worked over there for a while, and then from there, through their system as well, the internal system, Tony and guys, uh, she got uh, there was a position open in WA in Western Australia. Uh, so she uh, travelled over to Perth, and at that same time, I moved to Queensland. So I was staying I was staying in Brisbane. And um, yeah, we just sort of we were both involved with um, with 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 other relationships at the time, and then her yeah, and it so happened that at the same time we both broke up and started afresh. And I taught myself how to sail, and I said to her, "I'm on my way to uh, Europe to go and sail, and uh, to to go work in the white boats and stuff." And at that same time, she she sort of broke up and uh, she left the job and she was quickly losing fancy free and she said, well, um, she actually planned to do the same thing. Okay. So I said to her to do all your courses and get all your qualifications, come down to Brisbane because I've already done it and it's the cheapest place in Australia to do it. Yeah. And then we pretty much hooked up, went to Europe for, for about a year, went sailing and then uh, we both realized that yeah, the immigration thing on this side is pressing. So we had to come back and, and yeah, mate, that's it. And two kids later and the, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it. Sounds like it was meant to be, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different story, yeah. Yeah. And um, your visa process. What uh, yeah. What visa did you go in in Australia? 
uh, my brother kept his ears open, mm. and as I said, like it was, it was a, it was not a possibility because it was too, it was too difficult. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there, there was the spot coming over on a international student visa. Okay. So I applied for uh, a trade as a carpenter, a carpenter joiner, and then um, came to Brisbane. And uh, I, it was, uh, yeah, it comes with a lot of requirements, a lot of restrictions, that specific visa. Um, I, I believe it's a little bit better now, but um, yeah, and, and then financially as well, it, it was a, it was a hell of a ask because you had to pay all your uh, your four year apprenticeship fees for your college and stuff. You had to pay upfront. Does that make it difficult? Eh? <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. And then uh, at the time, uh, carpentry was on the short list, so I was number two. Believe it or not, hairdressing was number one on the list. Right. But doing a course, it had to run for a duration of four years. Um, and different, yeah, anyways, uh, but in that period, when you finish it and it comes off the shortlist, then you left in a lurch, you, you sort of stuck, you stuck with a qualification, but you can't come in. And that's what happened to quite a few of the guys that actually did the course with me. Okay. Um, they, they were, they, they finished about six or six or eight months after. And, and there was a hell of a lot of guys, I mean, the whole class was full. So yeah. there was guys that still had to go like a year or so. And um, yeah, they came off the shortlist, and all of a sudden, these these guys were stuck. So they have to go back. So they paid all the money. Well, they paid all the money to finish the course while you while you while you studying and while you're doing your course. Yeah. But um, after that, your immigration options aren't open. So you you actually need to find a need to find a sponsor, which is which is bloody hard. Or yeah, it, it just came off the shortlist. And and that qualification is that is that international? Goodness, that's a bloody good question. Um, carpentry, I know carpentry have different standards from here to say, for instance, Canada or something. They call it a red seal carpenter over there. I think um, you'll probably have to. I, I, it's just different methods of uh, different methods of building. But to be honest, I think in the end, carpentry sort of universally stays the same. Yeah. Um, but if it's, if it's if it's internationally recognized thing um i know in the uk i always used to work with um aussie carpenters right and um they were highly they were highly regarded over there um that was that was back in the day so yeah but they say carpenter is a carpenter and are you happy that you ended up in australia or would you have like chosen somewhere else um yes good question no i'm really happy okay. i'm i'm truly happy in australia everything everything here is a good this is a really really good um you know it uh, the money uh, Work-wise, it's great. Mm. Um, the environment around us—I mean, this is as safe as it gets. I don't think it gets any safer. Yeah. Um, and where we're living, we we're about uh, two hours north of Brisbane, and we're on a on 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 a small holding, so about ten acres or so. Right. And um, yeah, it's 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 not a bad um, it's not a bad environment. Okay. So. No, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely a good place. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that I ended up here definitely, and then raising the kids here for sure. Yeah. So you would recommend Australia for anyone who's looking to immigrate? Yes, I will. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, but buckle up because it's um yeah, it's not a. The only thing is, it's not a cheap place. It's I find it yeah, we find it very expensive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but but to be honest with you, everything else around it, surrounding it. Mm. It's it's great. It's got great beaches. It's got great outdoors. It's got, it's a safe place. Um, it's yeah, and it, it's not that easy to travel from. It's it's, it's yeah. expensive. Like the UK, the UK was easy. You know, you make pounds and uh, you've got everything pretty much on your doorstep. But um, yeah, that's the only thing. It's um, 
Yeah, it's expensive. Well, they say it's a lot like South Africa, right? South Africa with a lot of rules. Yeah, That's apparently the, the cops there are quite hectic, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no getting out of anything here. That's for sure. So yeah, if you can, if you can live with that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's got a hell of a lot of rules. But then, you know, you sort of take the counterbalance as well. It's got a lot of rules, but everything works. Uh, it's got a lot of rules, but everyone's got an opportunity. So a quarter chicken and chips isn't going to get you out of a traffic fine. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no. <laughs> 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 Maybe five. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, uh, Ed, what what advice would you give anybody wanting to come to Australia? To be honest with you, uh, I think it's a lesson learned out of um, uh, approaching a couple of immigration systems, um, the UK, America, and and over here. And to be honest with you, if you decide on doing anything uh, immigration-wise, number one is if you think about it, start your paperwork. Okay. Even if in the end you're going to decide not to go through with anything, start the paper process because I'm regardless of any immigration system, paperwork, paperwork, paperwork in Australia, even more so. So just yeah. get on to, if you, if you decide to do it yourself or decide to do an immigration lawyer, start the process okay. regardless. Just even if you're going to lose money in the end, but if you, if you think about it, just start doing your paper. Is it quite a long process, though, the immigration process? Because, um, like, the States was long, eh? It was, like, 18 months. Yes, man. Is, is, is that from from um, application to citizenship? From application to green card, yeah. Application to green card. So, basically, over here, I dare say I can say that it was – it took me – okay, well, I had, to get a, I had to get a qualification in the meantime as well, but I dare say about four years. Okay. So um, – yeah, because you got to, I think you've got to spend three years and then you get permanent residency. Permanent residency is 12 months on that. Then you can get, and you have to be in the country for a total of four years or something. It used to be anyway. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a, it's, it's, it's definitely a fair bit. And I do understand, I think I've got a, I do have a cousin that's uh, looking at coming and he's an accountant. And to be honest with you, I think that um, they put the application post COVID okay. and because of the COVID thing, it's such a backlog that they're still waiting just on the, yeah, and they're still waiting in South Africa as well. So coming back to it all, if, if you think about immigrating, just get on the process, yeah. uh, just, just start, start paperwork, start it, just do something about it because it, it will be beneficial for you in the, in, in the long run. Yeah. hundred percent. And uh, besides family, because everybody's answer is family. If you could take anything from South Africa, what would you bring across to Australia? Scalp chops, for sure. Do you not yes, get them no, there? Yeah, you do, but it's bloody expensive. It's just like it's unaffordable. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's and what else? Just friends, man. I miss my friends so badly. Yeah. Um, really, I, I've, you know, you, I, that's. I don't know if times have just changed. I don't know if you guys experience the same thing, but mm. you know, we, we, uh, my my wife and myself grew up with childhood friends, and you know, you can still say, "Wow, we've got we've got friends." Since I opened my eyes, I've got the same mates, and I don't know. It was just probably a way more less less nomadic uh, environment that we grew up in and stuff. But um, you know, it's uh, and then people still stay in the same homes and same towns in the free state, and they still do. My parents still stay in the same home. Yeah, I don't know. There's something to be said for it because you know you really create bonds like that, and I think that maybe in a modern day life where we we've got to cart kids around to everything, you got to make play dates, which is unheard of. Right. Uh, in 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 my head, 
I, I think that stuff just breaks up. But I, I think I sort of missed that. Mm. It's just um, still after all these years, and I mean, it, it's been it's been half my life, more than half my life, really. Yeah. That I've been out of South Africa, and um, yeah, I still miss my friends. And so, are you finding it difficult to make friends? Though? Not difficult per se, but I, I I don't know if it's that if it's that bond, you know, that mm. you. You, you you create it. I mean, I do have a lot of friends. Um, in saying that, if you if if I think about it, it's not like it's not like I go out looking for specifically looking for South Africa. It's not a prerequisite, but um, it just ends up in in, in the area that we live in. Yeah, it's a massive expat community. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it you know it's it's a really nice place as well because more and it's it's very transient because it is um a bit of a tourist town and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It just sort of ends up. I don't know. It's just a familiarity or something that attracts, and you know, you sort of you sort of allude back to um, yeah, before you wipe your eyes out. You've got South African friends all all around you, so and a lot of lot of lot of Kiwis in here. Mm. Uh, obviously, a handful of um, a handful of English. Yeah, and then um, definitely definitely Aussies, man. So it's a it's a pretty mixed batch. Yeah, they they say there's nothing like a South African China. Eh? No, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, I've got my I've got my morning phone calls yeah. driving to work with um with Peter Serfontaine and <laughs> all yeah. these guys and you go you walk into the daycare you know that's another place where people congregate as well I suppose especially especially with the little ones and stuff and then when you sign into the book or in the morning you always scan the surnames and you always you always see the the Afrikaans surnames flying around yeah and as I say these these heaps of South Africans there's, there's really there's a there's a lot of um there's a big expat community. Okay. Um, in Australia, this is this a big one. Yeah, you guys get together and have bras and stuff. Or? Yeah, actually, quite a bit. I bra—I make sure to um, yeah, I bra at least once, if not twice, a weekend. I make—I make a point of it. And we've got a really good South African shop in town, and I make my own make my own bootables and bultong and dribbles. That's called adapting. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and then, last question. Which I think I know the answer to, but is the grass greener on the other side? Yes, definitely. Um, uh, on 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 a, on on a day to day basis, one hundred percent. But oh man, I'm yeah, yes, it is. So to answer your question, but it's, it's not that straightforward. I don't think. But you you're missing it, eh? I'm missing it big time, eh? and I know I really do. I really, I mean, I mean, it's one thing saying it, and it's one thing doing mm. it. So that's that's the different thing. But I really feel like hopefully in the future that Marie and me can uh, go back and and give something back. Ed, it's, I've definitely got so many more questions, but we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to check back in with you. I think in a couple oh, of months. Do. Yeah. Please do. It'd be awesome. I'm, I'm always here. Thank you very much for making me part of this. I appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, it was like a, like a conversation. Cool, man. Have a good one. If you're eager to explore more stories of South Africans abroad, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a moment. For exclusive updates, discussions, and a chance to connect with fellow listeners, be sure to join our vibrant community on Facebook. Just search for South Africans Abroad Podcast and become part of the conversation. We're also excited to announce the launch of our brand new website saabroadpodcast.com there you'll find additional content behind the scenes insights and an easy way to access all your favorite episodes so until next time check it tuesday